Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. My name is Cage DePaulo, and I'm here with our first episode of the First in Ten podcast series. I'm with my co-host, Mike Clement. How are you doing today, Mike? You know, Cage, I'm, I'm doing pretty well right now. I mean, we're, we're sitting in your basement two feet away from your washing machine, and I am just having a day. Well, you know, you got to start small, Michael. But yeah, anyways, we are First in Ten Sports here to give you coverage of all things NFL on the field and off the field. And like we said before, this is our first ever podcast, so we're going to take a little time to kind of talk about ourselves and what First in Ten is. Mike, you can go and start. Um, so, Cage and I are both college students, just for starters here. Well, we're, we're just looking for something to do. We, we've been around the block with sports writing and whatnot, so we, we're figuring why not give Taken to the Airwaves a shot, and that's where we are right now. Yeah, you know, I figured with those thousands of dollars of loans I have, may as well give me some pastime to do so I'm not crying about the crippling debt I'll have in a few years. But besides that, folks, we have plenty of things to talk about with Week 11 in the NFL, starting with the fact that like, we're four days away from the matchup of the century and Dak Prescott and Colt McCoy. But there, that aside, there's plenty of other things that we can discuss like, for instance, how five backup quarterbacks took the field today. Um, some did good, some did bad. Uh, Michael, do you have any thoughts you want to talk about that? Well, I mean, some of the backup quarterbacks kind of did some things and others didn't for, I mean. You know, just, Blaine Gabbert, just, you know, throwing a name out there. Sorry. Just, yeah, Blaine Gabbert was complete trash like he, I mean, has done in the past and is right now. But anyways, um. I mean, Blaine Gabbert came in for the Titans and didn't do anything. And he, he threw, like, the stupidest pass that, like, I, I remember we were watching, like, in, like, the third quarter. And he just, like, it's a third and ten, and he just stares the linebacker down, like, and he just, like, shovel passes into him. It was just so dumb. I'm almost 100% certain Blaine Gabbert thought Darius Leonard was his wide receiver because I swear he looked him right at the eyes, almost, like, gave him the nod, like, this is to you, buddy, and just kind of, like, ducked it to him like they were in backyard football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you get with uh, Blaine Gabbert. Although not all other backups did uh, terrible. Like we said, Colt McCoy actually almost took the Redskins back. They were down, I believe it was 17-7 to before Alex Smith got injured. And they only lost 24-21, to and that's because the Redskins kicker missed a 63-yard field goal, which you definitely cannot blame him for. Yeah, it was like a really weird decision for Jay Gruden to elect to do a kick there because I, I think it had said, I mean, the commentators had said, like, Dustin Hopkins' like longest field goal was around 56 yards. Yeah, and it was a 56-yarder. So yeah. uh, adding another six, seven yards from that, he uh, he definitely had the height, just he was what? I believe we said he was only about three yards shy maybe. Yeah, he, he hit the end zone. I mean, if it were a 60-yarder, he would have bla- – I mean, he would have definitely like hit that. There's no doubt. But, I mean, like the extra three yards really like hurt. And, I mean, ultimately that's what – led to the Redskins to lose. I mean, it wasn't Colt McCoy's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It just came down to that last kick. And obviously, I mean, we'll definitely discuss this a little bit later about how this affects the Redskins' playoff implications, but a huge loss to the Redskins as an organization with Alex Smith coming down with, I believe, a broken fibula. Um, definitely fibula gonna, and tibula. Fibula and tibula. So uh, he's definitely out the whole year, and it's terrible for a team that was sitting pretty on the top of the NFC East and was definitely looking to take that playoff spot. Well, yeah, I mean, the Redskins coming into this game were top in the NFC East, and now the Giants won. I believe the Eagles are losing right now as the, we record this, and, I mean, also— no, the Cowboys won as well. Yeah, the Big Cow- game against the Falcons. Yeah, so, I mean— Right now, I mean, as we've seen, like, every year in the past, like, two or three years, like, the NFC East is anyone's game, and I feel like the Redskins are, 
as as much as I hate to see it, I mean say say it like they're just I mean they they don't have what they need to win the division right it, now. It'll be a lot tougher now with Alex Smith out. That's for sure. I mean Colt McCoy is gonna have to pull Miracloud as his hat because honestly, I mean even if the Eagles are still losing, they're not a bad team. The Cowboys are riding hot after big weeks after big wins after the Eagles and the uh, Falcons now. But uh, we'll get back into that a little later. I think we, talking about backups, we should honestly talk about the most intriguing one of the week, the one that uh, everyone was kind of looking forward to, uh, Lamar Jackson finally getting his first start, the uh, final of the first-round pick quarterbacks to start a game. And uh, what did you think, Michael, when you saw him play? It was really lackluster, to say the least. I mean, I, I feel like he did he did well enough to win, but I, he just, he just kind of looked like he didn't have it all together. It was, it was similar to, I mean – for example, Deshaun Kaiser last year starting for the Browns, he it, they just kind of threw him into the fire and wanted to see what would happen. And honestly, like I think that Joe Flacco is going to start next week. I think this was just like a weird experiment, but I'd put Lamar Jackson on the back burner if I were John Harbaugh, or at least just go back to what the Ravens offense were doing because, I mean, though Jackson got the win, like I said, it wasn't really the it most wasn't command- pretty. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. It wasn't the most he, commanding uh, win. It definitely seemed like you could tell he was more of a raw project. I mean, looking at the stats right now, 13 for 19, he had 150 yards, one interception. He did, however, have 117 yards on the ground, which was obviously impressive. It's the first time a quarterback has run for at least 100 yards since Colin Kaepernick in 2016. Um, definitely impressive, but obviously it, it's the NFL. He's not going to be able to run 100 yards every game and sneak out a win. This was a bad Bengals team that lit up 500 yards plus the last three weeks against offenses. Um, so he was in a very favorable situation, but it's obviously clear that um, Joe Flacco would be back in the starting position next week. It's good to at least know. And Lamar Jackson, unlike Deshaun Kaiser, is definitely in a more comfortable position in Baltimore, where at least for the remainder of this year, he can kind of sit back pretty and keep watching Flacco and RG3 and kind of learn and mold back into a better quarterback. I still think that Harbaugh and I mean the Harbaugh era and the Flacco era in Baltimore is soon coming to an end, which I I've been I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So I mean I, I'm I'm ready to see some new faces in Baltimore, so I don't have to like hate the Ravens so much. And that is because he is a salty uh, 2012 Patriots fan. Just so you're all clear, I'm pretty sure Michael still remembers that uh, game-winning field goal. I still remembered it, and I cried myself to sleep. <laughs> but uh, switching back over to another game, now that we kind of talked about the project of Lamar Jackson, going back to the Titans, um, Blaine Gabbert, as we said, was Blaine Gabbert. Nothing yeah. phenomenal. I mean, it'd be shocking if we were talking in this podcast and saying Blaine Gabbert diced up the Colts. This isn't Madden, folks. This is the NFL. What is interesting, though, is coming into this week, the Titans were the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and even more that, they had a stellar win over the dominating Pats last week, which I'm sure Michael was also very happy yeah, about. But one thing, I mean, you, you got to credit the guy who's behind that defense, and it's Dean Pease, and <laughs> what's, I mean, unfortunate is that he... He's the, currently in the hospital right now. Wait, which he's currently in the hospital, and very the only reason I learned his name was because it was announced that he went was to the hospital. Up. Yeah. This man has the number, or had at least, uh, bearing something crazy, they still will have it, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and I feel like we are both very knowledgeable people, and I have never heard the name Dean Pease in my life. 
and uh, I really hope this guy's okay and he's doing well. I do too, yeah. But yeah. um, it it just for some reason hearing that this was their defensive coordinator and just he's suddenly being rushed to the hospital. I mean, to be honest, this could have been a reason for their blowout loss. Um, who's to say how much he could have helped the defense? Because clearly he was playing well. I mean, Mike Vrabel is obviously a great coach, a defensive-minded coach. So I'm sure Andrew Luck did just have a part in dicing them up. But uh, it was just Dean Pease seemed to just be the tipping point that spiraled Tennessee down in this matchup. I uh, and this is a term that we're going to coin here on the First and Ten podcast. I am now a Dean Pease conspiracy theorist because. <laughs> The NFL or Mike Vrabel didn't even announce why he was in the hospital, and I and, and I know it's a shitty thing for me to be like, oh, like, what oh what happened? Like it, it, he deserves that privacy, but at the same time, like it's kind of it, it, it has me worried. It's peculiar. It, it, it's it, it peculiar. has me gauging like either he's in there for like he like almost passed out or something, or if he's dying. Like I, it's 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 got me like shook enough where like I just need to know where what is happening. It's, it's also interesting that I feel like no one's ever talked about Dean Pease before. Like we talk about the Titans defense, but no one's ever put a a, a face to the name. And all of a sudden, he it's just it's happened, and I just feel like maybe this is just a. A covert op mission for the NFL to add more drama to Tennessee. Maybe this guy wasn't even the defensive coordinator. They could have just th- <laughs> they could have just thrown him in there. So I, you know, hope hope Mr. Pease is okay. Um, but obviously we'll we'll find out more enough later in the week. They're gonna clearly keep the privacy, and maybe Tennessee's defense can bounce back I mean, next week. <laughs> I mean, now at least we can kind of segue over into the other defense that was on the field that today. Um. The Colts defense, where I mean, Darius Leonard had himself a day. Actually, I mean, I, I yeah, as a as a Cleveland fan who's been rooting for Denzel Ward all season, I have to say Darius Leonard is putting up phenomenal stats all year. And to be honest, I feel like he's definitely the front runner for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, just looking at this right here, he had seven combined tackles, two assists, a sack, an interception, and a forced fumble. I mean, that was just today. That's a Clearly, <laughs> he was the recipient of that Blaine Gabbert um, graceful throw straight in front of him, like two yards straight into his hands. True. So the uh, the interception was clearly very blessed to him, but nonetheless, he there, still an impressive. There was another play like that too, like um, when I think it was uh, I think it was either Lamar Jackson or Colt McCoy, but like th- they threw like just like a pass like at like literally some guy like the back of their like center's head, and it was it just it it. I don't, you don't see that often, and it's one of those things that you would only see in the NFL when it's like a crazy weekend like this when just so many like backup quarterbacks just are taking the, the field. Yeah, all of a sudden. I mean, I am grateful that this is the week that Cleveland, and honestly even the Patriots are having a bye because, my God, I would not want to see Brian Hoyer or Tyrod Taylor hit the field this weekend. Many tears would be shed, that's for sure. Besides Darius Leonard, though, honestly, a lot of rookies, I think, uh, showed out today. Uh, some to include DJ Moore, Leighton Van e- Leighton Van... I can never pronounce his name, Mike. How do you <laughs> Leighton say- Van Der Esch. Yeah, him. I honestly the, have tried talking about him this whole he's day. He's my favorite German. And uh, I think I've butchered his name typing and saying about seven times. So. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've just corrected you every time. Like, I, I don't know how I know how to spell it. It just so- It's one of those things where it just sounds like what it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, Leighton Vander Esch, if you ever see this or hear this, I apologize. But please, as someone whose name is Cage, I apologize. You do have a very tough name to say. Uh, yeah, but they played out. Even Christian Kirk, as the game's going on right now, has been uh, having a good showing against 
the Raiders. Yeah, you caught a long touchdown pass, right? Or Yeah, I think it was 62 yards about that. So, I, I mean, the Raiders' defense is laughable. Man. Yeah, and I mean, what, over that halftime, like, what what was going on? Like, there, there were, like, all over Twitter, there was, like, this thing where people were like, oh, John Gruden and, like, Derek Carr, like, went at it at the end of, like, that last drive, and... Like they, like Gruden had to be like grabbed by the neck to be. Yeah, someone apparently like, thought it was like the WWE, and they just yeah, took and, Gruden into a choker hold. And it, it, well, I mean, it didn't even happen. It it was just like, it they, the, like the <laughs> like footage surfaced like, oh, after like towards the end of halftime, and it was just Gruden talking to Derek Carr. They were both pissed, obviously, because they suck. And like there was no one there to. Like, it didn't get that heated. There was no one there to like hold them apart they they weren't gonna go at it yeah it was uh definitely interesting that team is um they're in shambles mentally physically and even chemistry wise but uh <laughs> gruden loves the money <laughs> gruden loves the money i mean he's making bank to have a team all hate themselves that's definitely for sure yeah, there i am mean, uh, sorry raiders fans if Seriously. that's part of his <laughs> seven step system to get the raiders back to where they were <laughs> and back in like 2000 and 2001 i mean Step one, trade Khalil Mack. Step two, want a linebacker. <laughs> is it, Step Nick- three, uh, probably draft Nick Boza after you've traded Khalil Mack. It's uh, it's definitely curious. I I don't know. I, I feel for Raiders fans. As a fan of a team that went 0-16 a year ago, I completely understand the pain. But you just you have to wonder some of the decisions that he's making on that team. I mean, you have to wonder how some of the coordinators are even on that team. I really don't know how Paul Gunther is still coaching that defense. Granted, they have no players, but you've got to, something's got to go eventually. Yeah, the only like thing that is coming out of Oakland about the coaching staff is, I mean, Gruden's the only one who's talking, so we don't even know like what what everyone else is thinking. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I mean, sticking on the trends of teams blowing it, we should honestly move towards the Pittsburgh versus Jacksonville game, which I think was definitely one of the uh, more interesting games of the week as well, seeing how it's third quarter, I believe halfway through, to be honest, Pittsburgh is losing 0-16. to uh, Ben Roethlisberger has thrown a handful of interceptions. James Conner notched about 20 yards. It was looking grim and honestly like a trap game for a Pittsburgh team that put up 52 against well, the Panthers last week. It's There's never really a trap game against the Steelers because they show up as a different team every week. So like it, yeah. it's it, it all depends on like how Ben Roethlisberger is feeling that day. He's like, oh, it's it's like a little chilly out today. I'm gonna like throw three picks in like the first half, and because fuck you, that's why. Yeah, I it was uh, I mean, but again, Ben Roethlisberger is honestly, I would say, a big credit of why that team is even even won. They ended up scoring twenty unanswered points against a Jacksonville team that was desperate for a win, a, a, a team yeah. that was in the AFC Championship game last year. Um, they needed it, and to to blow twenty points, or to blow away and have ja- uh, Pittsburgh score twenty points against them, up sixteen zero is definitely not a good sign. Uh, Roethlisberger ended up finishing with a rushing touchdown. Yeah, like it, what what the hell was that? Like it, out of anything that Mike Tomlin could have called on like the last goddamn play of the game, he called the biggest quarterback yeah, in the league to he, just just pound it in he's himself. He's just like, okay, I'm gonna have my like six foot plus like quarterback just run it in like he he can barely he's like almost like i think he's slower than tom brady at this point like <laughs> he's just wearing his like he could barely it looks like he can barely breathe like with his like neck pads on like 
he he just gets winded like so easily. It's it's I will say the the Steelers are very fortunate to have players like Juju and Antonio Brown on their team. Both yeah. are uh, easily number one wide receivers on almost any other team they're on, if not the Steelers. So that definitely credited with the win. They both had over a hundred yards today. Uh, and, and unlike one of their superstar counterparts, they actually played today. True. Yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's been a he's couple, done for the season. He's now. done for a season, and uh, maybe maybe James Conner got a little shook about that. Maybe he finally uh, could breathe, knowing that Bell wasn't coming back, and this was his show to run. Well, I mean, up and uh, up until like the Steelers started their comeback, like James Conner w- had like nine rushes and like twenty five yards at like he, one point. It was even just, like, uh, he. he he finished with only he finished with only twenty five yards. Oh, he didn't even like rush again. Then? No, he didn't. He oh, they no. they gave up at that point. I mean, you were down sixteen well, I mean, zero. You. I mean, I guess you just go to the air. I mean, get ben, Big Ben some fantasy points. I guess. I good, mean, good news is though the the Jaguars aren't actually trying to trade Jalen Ramsey. Which, believe it or not, when I heard that this morning, I don't know about you, Michael, but I honestly believed it. I feel like watching this team implode the last six weeks reading that they were going to trade him in the offseason, I sat there and I was like, well, and I he guess... Al- he also said that he's better off... I mean, he, that Jacksonville will regret getting rid of him. Yeah. He tweeted that earlier this week. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's good that the Jacksonville, at least they came out right now and they said, listen, we're not going to trade, you know, the best cornerback in the league, arguably, because they don't want to go back to their two-win seasons after, again, arguably maybe two, three plays away from a Super Bowl appearance a season ago. But definitely, I don't know about you, the most interesting game for me. Uh, what, I don't know, was there any game that you felt definitely stuck out a lot more, stuck out a lot more? I mean, I, I mean, before even going on to, like, the game thing, like, I, like the Jalen, like, rumor wasn't even the biggest rumor of the day. Like, we... Gotta bring co- that up, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, gotta, I mean, the, the Browns... Supposedly. Uh, the, the Browns suppo- supposedly were going to want to interview... Former Secretary of State <laughs> under George Bush, Condoleezza Rice, and I, I was all for it. And then, it, the, of course, the rumors get squashed like a couple hours later. Which... Listen, I, I'm all for a female getting into the ranks of the NFL. I think that'd be amazing. I mean, if she knows what she's doing, by all means, as a fan of the Browns, get us a coach that knows what she's doing. But when <laughs> I when I read the former se- Secretary of State, right? Was that was her oh, yeah. title? Did, did that was it? Yeah, and was. They were interviewing her and then, you know, obviously did my research. And the closest thing to football experience she has was being best friends with the owner, Jimmy and D. Haslam. I just sat there with a single tear coming down saying, well, I guess the Browns never do change, huh? Let's. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, I would have loved to see it because at that point, like, how would you even explain to anyone that, I mean, like, after 2005 like some, who, who they, she is yeah, i didn't know I who mean, she well, was no, not even who she is it's like explaining someone back in like 2005 that in the future that donald trump a former reality star is going to be in the white house and not only that but condoleezza rice a former secretary of state is now in sports. a coach of the nfl I would, are... I would love to see it because i mean she convinced america that like iraq had weapons of mass destruction so i mean she could michael, do wonders. michael this is a football podcast oh, you can you can stay away from <laughs> okay. your your political agenda another time yes yes but, uh, i'm sorry no but uh i mean definitely interesting if you're all for a coach then maybe you should call the patriots have mcdaniels come over to cleveland next year and condoleezza rice can uh head up the brian hoyer era in a few years so uh <laughs> i don't know but uh i mean definitely an interesting 
day in the NFL with yeah, these I mean, rumors I mean, sw- back onto my pick for the game of the day. I, I really personally like the Bengals and Ravens game. I mean, I I never really like watching games, I mean, AFC North divisional games because... I, they, I don't either. Hate them. <laughs> they, they're either just blowouts or they're just... I mean, they could also be this close. and Or they could be a tie week one. I mean, sorry, just putting it up there, you okay, know, because okay. we can't kick or anything. It's fine. No worries. Not still salty it's about okay. it. You can keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Browns don't have the worst uh, record right now, so that's going for them. But anyway, um, it wasn't even because of Lamar Jackson starting that I, I liked this game. I, I really enjoy seeing what the Bengals have going on on offense, which is something I can't couldn't have really said as of like two years ago, I, I I'm a firm supporter of the fire Marvin Lewis movement. Um, but and I'm a firm supporter of I can't believe they made up a position for Hugh Jackson called special assistant to the head coach movement. Uh, so I guess we <laughs> each have our own favorite things about the Bengals coaching staff. Uh, yeah, but it I I I enjoyed that game because I mean I like the way the Bengals offense is moving. It's, it's impressive, and, but at the same time their defense it just abysmal yeah it's abysmal and as it, we mentioned 500 I, think it, yards. I think it's the most impressive that the bengals offense is able to generate these yeah, wins generate these wins because like it, it's not like these games have been like they've been high scoring games it hasn't been like a low scoring like defensive affair it's just well you know aside from last week, after shootout last week aside yeah, the, uh, week the aside. 50 burger to the Bengals and their seven or ten points i believe they put up something well, yeah. bad besides I mean, that i mean but again that's that's benefit of aj green was out which is a huge loss arguably um to me i feel like he's a top three wide receiver in the league yeah. um but i mean again that's a huge loss to them tyler eifert's been out for the year and they've been still producing yeah. i'm uh i've always been so questionable of andy dalton honestly it's he is uh i feel like he's a just a weird outlier in the NFL, but he's been playing well. He's a Bengal for life because, I mean, his hair matches. <laughs> his hair his matches uniform. the uniform, so he has to be a Bengal forever. But, yeah, Joe Mixon's been playing great. Giovanni produces when he has to. A.J. Green, when they get back, he's going to be uh, – when, when he get back, when he gets that back, kid, I apologize. That kid, like Tyler Boyd, too, is a Tyler Boyd, yeah, he's been, he's been breaking out. I think this team definitely isn't bad. I mean – They just needed that number, like, two or number three option at wide receiver, like – I know, like, for years they've been going Andy – I mean, not Andy, A.J. Green. To like, Andy. For, yeah, Andy Dalton to A.J. Green. Yeah. Like, for – I mean, that's that's a given because A.J. Green is such a good wide receiver. And then it's, their number two option would be, like, what? Like, Giovanni Bernard or Tyler Eifert or something. Yeah. They never had that number three option. And whenever, like, A.J. Green was out, they had no one to pass to. So, yeah, I mean, it's – it's I, they definitely are a wild card contender, but you look at the other teams that are vying for that sixth spot. Since obviously we'd like to assume the Chargers, playing as well as they are, are going to take that. And you've got the Titans, you've got the Dolphins, you've got the Ravens now, uh, the Bengals. So it's just all these teams have these like big holes. They have things that they're good at, but they have these big holes. And I mean, maybe if AJ Green comes back fully healthy, the Bengals, even with their abysmal defense, can sneak into the sixth seed. But uh, it's definitely going to be really interesting to watch. I agree. I think it was a good game, not even just for Lamar Jackson, but also it was definitely one of the closest games we had this week with uh, blowouts in uh, Indianapolis and, you know, all these other areas. I mean, segueing into tonight's game, the I mean, the Vikings playing in Chicago. I mean, it's it's slated to start an hour after we finish recording here. It, but um, what, what are your thoughts on that game? I mean, it's, it's definitely – I feel like we're in – 
the state of the season is almost like a win now mode where it actually starts to feel like it's November games. You're either winning them or you're done for the season. As the Packers and Seahawks showed on Thursday, um, definitely the loser of that team being the Packers, it'll it'll be a tough climb for them to be able to even get into the playoffs. And uh, I think it's a similar situation here. This is fighting for first place in the NFC North. It's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I think the Vikings have a lot of things on their offense that are well. I think the Bears have a lot of things good on their defense that are well. Bears have definitely the best defense this year so far. Oh, yeah. the ba- I mean, well, it's honestly Khalil Mack. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all Khalil Mack. It's, their defense, they have a lot of good pieces, but he revolutionized it. I mean, besides their uh, rookie that they yeah, that Roquan they, Smith Roquan Smith I mean he's, yeah he's played really well but I mean you put those together they didn't really bring that many people in free agency uh, just those two people Cleo Mack especially have been able to kind of shape it to the monster that it is I think Kirk Cousins is going to struggle but I also think that you know he needs to win this game he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL currently yeah it, it, you got to win it they the Vikings brought him in because they felt like he could take them to the Super Bowl you know Case Keenum got him almost there the championship game and <laughs> now he's rotting in Denver now he's you know eating John Elway's money in Denver but uh <laughs> yeah they, he's he's got to win they have Adam Thielen who's a stud they have Diggs who's a stud you know Dalvin Cook is still kind of trying to come back from his ACL I'm sure and Kyle Rudolph is always you know a safety outlet Kyle, Kyle Rudolph but, but yeah Dalvin Cook has I mean I've had him on my fantasy team, and I've been <laughs> very disappointed. There, there have been, been weekly messages by Michael in our fantasy group chat uh, yeah. about you know how angry and frustrated he is with Cal- Dalvin Cook. He, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster for him, and it's honestly fun to watch because yeah. Cook will either go off or the next week Cook will have like two yards, and Michael will be bashing his head into his uh, phone screen. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, I I would say what me if we can go down the list and think about key things to look for the game. I I feel like it's definitely going to be how Kirk Cousins can handle the Vikings defense in yeah, Chicago. He can't, he can't be one-dimensional with the pass because, I mean, they have Dalvin Cook back, so they got to capitalize on that. Yeah, and I th- and, I mean, you, you can't do – I mean, the Bears' defense have showed this year that you can't just do one thing against them the whole game and because the, they will they will punish you for that. So, I mean, if they get the run game going at least, like, a little bit, that just gives Kirk Cousins more room to throw some good passes. I mean, you, you, if – the Bears defense is playing in pass coverage the whole time the Bears defense is gonna win <laughs> but I, I mean I do feel like also we their offense is John D Filippo their offensive coordinator I believe right he's uh, their yeah, OC so. he's just a very pass heavy coach and so it's it's tough because it's easy to game plan against that and yeah. you can tell I mean there's times Dalvin Cook barely runs the ball I mean look about when they got blown out by the Bills earlier this season Dalvin Cook honestly was not a huge factor in that game um, so it, it'll be interesting. I also think, honestly, on the flip side, if I'm going to keep going, um, Mitchell Trubisky, the, the Vikings don't have a bad defense. I'm not yeah. discrediting them. Yeah, they, they, had, they had the best defense last year with, I mean, yeah. Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr. The, I mean, the list literally goes on and a- on. Anthony Barr is inactive this, this uh, game, so just a little update yeah. for you. That'll be interesting. But, yeah, I think Mitchell Trubisky, he's had his ups and downs. He has pieces around him as well. He has a great running back duo in Cohen and Howard. He's yeah. got uh, Allen Robinson and Turbo Taylor Gabriel, uh, he, fellow Brown. I mean, his favorite, like, 
his favorite target has been his tight end. Too. Yeah, Trey Trey Burton. So I yeah. It's 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 a matter of him just being able to establish what he's been doing. He threw he's been he threw multiple touchdown passes last week and and weeks before. But I mean it's it, he's been kind of inconsistent in the past game. Yeah. So uh, how about this? Uh, how about you pick the winner for this game and I'll pick the winner for Monday night. Who do you okay. think is gonna win tonight? I I want to see the Bears win just because I, I I'm I'm rooting for them. I mean. They they have a lot to prove, and I think Mitch Trubisky is making a I mean a good statement, and it's up to us. I mean it's he's played well. He, I mean he honestly there's a lot of Mitch Trubisky haters out there, but he, he has played well. He did he didn't do bad against the Patriots. They almost beat the Patriots. They did. He, uh, he's played well in all of his wins. There's he. He, Khalil, threw, he threw six touchdowns in a game. Yeah, Khalil, Khalil Mack is not the reason they're six and three. Mitch Trubisky, he, there's a reason he was a number two pick last year. So he's, uh, he's got to do his part. And yeah, that's it's similar to Jacksonville. It's the way the quarterback plays that w- is ultimately going to decide if they're going to win or not. A hundred percent agree. Uh, I guess now we can switch over to Monday night. Going over uh, twenty four hours from now, we've got the Chiefs. At Rams. Rams, not in Mexico. Not in Mexico. <laughs> not the, in uh, El Estadio Unados or Unidos. I'm promise my Spanish is terrible. I apologize, but yeah, not. I uh, players were protesting. If you weren't aware earlier in the week, uh, I saw pictures of the field and I was protesting because it literally looked like they were playing on a dirt field in my backyard after it rained. Terrible conditions. So I'm glad they were moving <laughs> it to LA. However, I feel like that obviously now the, the, heavily favors the Rams more. I mean, the funniest thing about that is they the NFL didn't care about the NFLPA. Like the NFLPA was like actively like in like looking into the stadium and is like, "Look, we can't do this." Like even like a week before like this decision was made. It was made like earlier this Monday. And it got to the point where like that like Monday like afternoon like a bunch of like Rams and Chiefs came forward and were like, "Yeah, like if they make us play in Mexico. We're not gonna play, and that's when the NFL is like, "Oh shit! Now I should I should probably do something now." <laughs> we should probably step in here. Um, all right, never mind. We're not playing there. Move it back to LA. <laughs> we're going to LA, guys. Um, yeah, I it, it's gonna be a good game. A lot of people are pegging this as the you know Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. I personally feel like it might be a little too early to say that. I, I'd love to see what you think about that. You know, statement, Michael. Yeah, it's it's a Super Bowl matchup but it's not going to dictate who's going to play in the super bowl like the rams and the chiefs and the patriots and the saints are all front runners for this year's super and the bowl. chargers and the I chargers mean, again, too. you it's can't forget about the anyone's chargers game here. right now in week 11 and though the monday night will be a really really good matchup and it will probably be one of like it'll probably be the monday night matchup of the year because i mean who and <laughs> ironically enough is going to be covered by Tessator and like J- Jason Witten and, and uh, Booger. Booger. And Don't Bo- forget about Booger there. Uh, Booger just and his Booger block- mobile blocking yeah. uh, pay- fans who pay thousands and thousands of dollars for the seats. Yeah, for front row seats, and <laughs> they just watch it on a TV because he's just Booger McFarland's just sitting there because I, they did actually not to you know derail our subject. We'll get back onto it, but they <laughs> did actually remove the TV because enough people complained. And they made a giant, I believe it's a plexiglass. Oh, so, so now clear, that you can actually see so, through. So they can now see the back of Booger, <laughs> but like also the sides of the game. So, so it's so not like, completely blocking So up. wait, is that debuting this week? Because No, like, no, I think it was last week. Oh, okay. That was the last I, week. I wish I, I saw that because like it, 
It like makes it me. It was think a that, giant like, TV. What is it like when they show Booger on TV now? It's just gonna be him levitating. Like I, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> man, Monday Night Football. I hate to say it, but you know, John Gruden, your coaching thing ain't working that well. Maybe you need to come back, figure something even, out. Even with that, like, don't have a big role on Monday Night Football because I also don't like listening to you but at the same time excuse me you know they're on a little bias here this this is a this is a kind of bias yes. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean we'll we'll get back to the subject at hand monday night i mean personally me looking at the game i think it's two crazy good offenses but like the defenses have been underwhelming and honestly it's crazy to say this but i feel like the chiefs defense might have been performing better recently the rams defense and i say this because the rams defense on paper should arguably be the best defense in the league without yeah, without they, hesitation you have just got miles jack yeah to no. add on to like their dante it, dante Fowler jr yeah oh, dante yeah. Fowler jr I, not miles jack i'm sorry Don, they, so yeah dante Fowler jr they have aaron donald ndombican sue they have michael one rockers of, one hell of a front set they have you know marcus peters i mean you know i keep to leave he's injured but they still have him you know they he's going to be coming Joyner. back they yeah, have they, even more. They have it's it, it should be the number one defense, and honestly, it seems like almost every week they're just putting up crazy numbers on opposing offenses. Like, all, like Aaron Rodgers players are be, just able to score on them constantly. So I think this is going to be a big defensive game. I feel like it's honestly going to come down to it could be a last possession game, but it also could be you know how much magic does Patrick Mahomes have or if he's how- up if he's up to the challenge of going into the Coliseum on Monday night it's, it's like a primetime matchup and well I think Mahomes has shown primetime honestly he's well, yeah, not he, afraid of he it he did well in New England and he beat Cincinnati he yeah, crushed he, well, them. he beat Cincinnati but at the same time like this is going to be a huge huge game huge implications and in a big crowd too like no one gives a shit about the chargers so everyone's coming into la to see the rams <laughs> i also i mean the rams also you have to realize they're coming into this game with a lot of passion i mean they lose this game they're not the one seed anymore and which is crazy to think about because what was it three four weeks ago they were unbeaten yeah and, and the saints are as assuming in. obviously the saints are going to still beat the beat the eagles which currently it's a 48 45. to 48 to 7 wow. currently as we're recording this so um yeah, I, I, assuming, obviously, the Eagles don't make a miraculous comeback in under two minutes, the Rams can't lose this. They lose this, they're dropping to the number two seed, and it'll it'll be tough because the Saints are rolling. They, uh, they're they they're cruising and they're in high gear, so it, it'll be a tough matchup. Like I said, I think I give, honestly, the Rams a slight edge. Personally, me, I feel like Todd Gurley is just an animal. I feel like Todd Gurley is a, he's he's an MVP candidate. He, right he now. is. I, it's a, him or Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I mean, you definitely have to consider Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, but I think Todd Gurley and Patrick Mahomes are both putting up unprecedented numbers. Um, but like I said, I feel like personally, I would still give it to the Rams because they know they can't lose this. The Chiefs, they still have a little comfort room because even if they lose, because the Saints have or not the Saints, I apologize. The Steelers got a tie week one. I should remember this. I watched the game. Um, the Chiefs will still be the one seed, but I just think the the Rams' offensive firepower is going to be too much for even a, a slowly getting better Chiefs D. And as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, if he wins this, he he honestly, I'll, I'd give him the MVP right now. I'd fly down to Kansas City and I would give him a, a medal I got at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, what do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts as well on statistics wise. Who you think? What you think is going to happen? I I mean I'm I'm with you on that with the Rams I I I'd like to see them win I think that Patrick Mahomes is gonna have another good game but it's 
I, I think it's going to be similar to it being in New England because he's, he's he is doing what he's doing. He's doing it really well, but they're go- he's going up against one of the best teams in the league, and and it's being being in LA is probably going to be somewhat of a factor as well. That that'll be a tough game. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, LA fans there for sure, and uh, I mean it'll be an interesting way to see how it plays out. And honestly, no matter who wins the Monday night game. It's gonna change either the AFC or NFC playoff race uh, pretty steeply, at least as far as wild or not wild card up uh, buy rounds go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's all. We basically covered a lot of things happening this week, uh, week eleven. Anything else you want to kind of talk about, Michael, before we start doing our outro here? Um, I think uh, I think we got everything. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, obviously this is our first episode. We have a lot we're gonna keep improving on. We'll kind of look back at this, listen to it, and figure out for weeks to come how to make better more yeah, enjoyable we'll, we'll definitely have more content for this one this is i mean this is going to be probably a short episode but i mean it's 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 our pilot yeah they think about the pilot the yeah. uh the calm before the storm of first and ten yeah. but uh yeah this was uh, our first podcast uh if you're interested in following us more we do have social media accounts we have facebook twitter instagram yeah you can follow us at um, uh, first, first and ten at first and ten pod number 10 yeah number 10 not lettering 10 number yeah there's, 10. there's another first in 10 podcast that we came across while we were making this like twitter account and getting our domain for our website and all that and they were like some very kind of- uh different and definitely does not seem as dedicated as us but uh definitely a very different approach we won't go into it yeah. more i mean you can look them up but yeah ours is a uh, first and number 10 pod on uh twitter and instagram and then Facebook, you can find us at first and then and and then just 10, number 10. Same thing with our SoundCloud, too. Yep, and uh, we'll be posting podcasts weekly. Uh, We're uh, looking for maybe Wednesday night, Thursday day release dates yeah, for our podcast. I mean, like we said, we're, we're, we're college students, so we're, we're going to try to get up as much content as possible. And obviously, I mean, if for some reason we get more of a following, we'll definitely – improve on our content output and i mean way uh, way way more i mean if way more I, yeah obviously we're, we're sitting in a basement right now like huddled up next to one microphone so we'll definitely we'll, uh, we'll definitely bolster some things up if yeah we get i mean we are obviously very interested in doing this and excited and uh we hope that people that listen to us are yeah, excited and too it, it, and uh you are one of those probably 20 people that end up listening to this thank you thank you so much for your support already like we, it, we we're starting really small and we really would like to grow. Yeah, and, we really uh, like to grow. But yeah, so again, yeah, thank you for listening. We'll uh, play some outro music and uh, get out of here. And uh, we'll see you folks next week. Yep.